He will not reveal his identity. So for today, we're calling him Bob. Wow. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like I love Bob. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Some people are. Ooh, I love it, Bob. His word is our command. B O B B O B B S. Right? Yes. Yes, there is B. Y. Big Bob's daddy. Listen up. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. You have the right at this time to talk to a Bob? Yes, sir. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. This is a good idea. Everything's possible with Bob. There's really only one solution. Bob. Everything's possible with Bob. So call 13013. There's no Bob. That's 13013. Call Bob. Hey everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Project Archivist. I am Rojan. With me is my co-host Bobo, if you are on Facebook. Bobo. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, that, folks, is the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Well, no, everybody that's on our Facebook knows yeah, what I'm talking about. Stupid. <laughs> I, I think it's just my computer because every time you like a post on Facebook, if some, if there's like, it's this weird little thing where if three people, or if you're the third person to like a post, it puts the three over top of the L in your name, and it says Bobo Matthias. And that's great. Then Soraya said something, and for whatever reason. It put his uh, the us and Soraya as a dollar sign. Of course it did, because, you know. <laughs> and his response was, what the hell is wrong with your computer? I'm like, I don't know, but it's funny. Oh, <laughs> train wreck. So with us tonight, oh, by the way, I got to say something. Um, oh. One of our listeners, Eric, the, the last time we recorded at the end of the episode, or I, I cut you off, there is this little cult of listeners that we have that find your little odd noises really, really funny because he wasn't the first oh. person that said it. What, but do you mean, what odd noises? You make these little weird noises every once in a while. He was actually going to call into the show. I'm like, call into the show and ta- say what you're talking odd about. noises. And he was cracking up. Yeah, like if you listen to the last, yeah. the very end of the last episode, I cut you off at the end of the show. You were getting ready to say something and then I cut you off and you're like, <laughs> and you, you just... <laughs> You do these strange little noises every once in a while, and with, there's like a group of like ten people out there that just live for your weird little noises. So, so you're I, welcome. I don't, I'm sure. wondering if I could cut an episode together, like a ten minute outtakes episode of you just making weird little squeaks and strange sounds, or oh something that happened in the show. I know it's a weird thing. Everybody has their fetishes. I guess that's the, the that's strange. Huh? Yeah. Huh? There we go. I that's, guess. Yeah, sure. That's awesome. It. I don't. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but okay. So the very Glad first I can thing help. we need to do, and this is hugely, hugely important. Once again, yeah. we need to send thanks out to Mama Duffy for saving the show and uh, providing Lobo here with a better system to do this with, because we recorded this episode yep. without a glitch. Uh, this is the first time we've had a show in a long time where everything has worked exactly the way it's supposed to. Everything recorded crisply and clearly. There was no dropped calls, no updates that turned you off of Skype in the middle of the show. 
um, all of the None craziness of that. has been happening in the background behind the scenes. So we may have broken the the curse of Project Archivist for now. Why? Why? Why would you say that? Well, why would you say that? As our last guest pointed out, you know, oh. Winston pointed out, he says, I think I broke the curse of the show. So maybe maybe Winston being on here broke the curse of the show. Maybe. Hopefully. But everything Next week, everything will fall apart again. No, Thanks, don't man. don't say that. Don't best. say that. I think we're good. I think we've turned a corner now. I think we're all set. Which ironically, you're gonna be off at least next week for sure. You're not gonna be here. I've got if all goes well, I've got Chucking back on to deal with next week's guest with me. Um so now that things get running and you're like, well, see ya, I'm on vacay. <laughs> so anyways, um, this week we have the long-awaited second coming of Reverend Ivan Stang of the Church of the Subgenius. Um, it, we, you know, it's, it's, we just have him back on to talk subgenius stuff because it's been a while since we had him on here. And Stan's kind of a, he's kind of a weird bird. Like sometimes he's hard to get him going and then sometimes once you get him going, he just kind of like the Energizer Bunny who just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. And there was um, the only thing we did have that happen weird in the show is because we were calling him via Skype to his phone. And I think there was a delay there. Like we would a little bit because I'd say something and he then he'd hear it and he'd stop. And every once in a while, I'd hear something that you said or something that I'd said. I'd hear it echo back through his phone like a split second later. Some of that I think I'll be able to fix in this pre-edit, so I'm not I'm not really that worried about it. But hey, it's there again. Every time we call and do an interview via Skype onto a phone, th- sometimes this stuff just happens. So it is what it is. So having said all that, we're gonna talk to Ivan here. I think it goes for a little about an hour or so, and there's a couple of times in here where I try to bring it to an end and it just doesn't work. <laughs> well, you know. Which is fine, you know. I'm fine with it. Uh, Subgenius fans, I'm sure, won't have a problem with it. And the guy never broke character. I, nope. I gave up. I gave up about halfway through the show. I'm like, he's not going to break character. He's he's gonna he's he's Reverend Stang for the duration. So, anyways, um, let's jump into some mythology of the Church of the Subgenius, and we'll see you guys at the other side. Whee! We have the triumphant second coming of Re- Reverend Ivan Stang of the Church of the Subgenius. It's been, I think, three years since we last had you on here. And um, that was one of our most downloaded, most loved shows. It's easily up within our top five shows that we've ever done. And we've continuously throughout the years had people say, when is when is Ivan Stang coming back on? Um a little while ago, I'd say about a year and a half ago, I was hanging out with uh, a mutual friend of ours, Greg Bishop, and we got into a big conversation about you. And he's like, yeah, you, you need to get, you know, you need to get Reverend Evan Stang back on the show again. So ever since then, we've been trying to pull it off and figure out a way to get you on. And finally, I just bit the bullet and, and said, hey, uh, let's do this again. And you obliged. And now here you are. So welcome back to Project Archivist, Mr. Stang. Well, thank you so much. Praise Bob. Praise Rojan. Praise Lobo. Thank you. Uh, by the way, it's not it's not Mr. Stang. It's Reverend Stang. Yes, or Mr. Reverend Ivan Stang. <laughs> you ultimately use Mr. Smith, which I've been demoted to on Facebook. They, they basically, they busted me. I've been using a fake name this whole time, but it sounds much so much more real. <laughs> Mr. Smith sounds very generic. <laughs> 
So it's it's been a while since we've had you on, and a, a lot of things uh, as of late have been going on with the Church of the Subgenius. Um, let's get started with um, let's get started with before we jump into all this stuff. Let's start from way back in the beginning. The Church of the Subgenius started up in 1980. Is that correct? Uh, January. Uh, second, 1980 was when we, we picked up the very first subgenius pamphlet from the printer. <laughs> and my wife was really mad because <laughs> we had spent $60 on this thing, getting 100 or maybe it was well, back then it was probably 500 copies for that. And uh, she basically said, if, if, if you just if you don't send this to publishers and make money off it somehow, you're in big trouble. And because uh, our intention originally was just to leave it around and save or confuse souls. We were just going to leave them in laundromats because my buddy Philo and I had been collecting what you might call kook pamphlets, fringe publications of all kinds, religious, political, whatever. Um, I later learned that the reason he was kind of, re- he was recruiting me this whole time to work for, this reclusive cult leader, J.R. Bob Dobbs. And uh, boy, the next thing you know, I got sucked into this, this crazy burgeoning new world cult. I, I like the idea of it being dedicated to slack, although somehow they talked me into doing almost all the dirty work for years. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been doing this for quite a while. So how does one achieve slack yeah, when no one kidding. is the one out promoting how to get slack nonstop? <laughs> well, uh, Bob Dobbs is the one who gets all the slack, apparently. Actually, all's well that ends well, uh, because in the in the last uh, few years, actually quite a few years, uh, I, I got my payback. I'm I'm enjoying quite a bit of slack. Kind of half retired, and um, uh, having a real good time. So, uh, and my heart Milo is too. That's the fun. The the two of us have ended up ensconced on lovely ranches in uh, Texas and Kentucky, respectively, um, uh, doing just what we most wanted to do, which was not much of anything. So it's 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 been great. <laughs> That's what retirement's supposed to be about. Yeah, actually, actually, we both have gotten busy. Philo actually retired from a what we call a conspiracy job. And uh, so he was really ready to jump back into Church of the Subgenius full time. And that's good because I've been doing Church of the Subgenius full time and I needed a different form of slack. So I, um, uh, I think uh, I think he's going to be more involved and I might be a little bit less involved, but we're all still here. How, how did you how did you go about creating a religion from scratch? Well, uh, I'll, well, of course, this is this religion was started by J.R. Bob Dobbs. We just happened to find a lot of his his uh, meaningful little memos with these these wonderful uh, quotes on them that, that sounded wise, or at least they sounded good. Like, "Too much is always better than not enough." Or, the subgenius must have slack. Act like a dumbass, and they'll treat you as an equal. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, s- some of them are not entirely words to live by, but uh, they, like I say, they really sound good. That's a, uh, that's the first thing you need for a religion. 
The second thing you need is an enemy. And of course, in our case, that's all the normal people. Uh, we call them human as, as opposed to subgeniuses. Um, you know, that sort of thing really appeals to, you know, to people who are desperate to find something that makes them feel better than everybody else. And, and maybe race isn't doing it for them. You know? <laughs> they can't smart because they're subgeniuses. And even if they happen to be good looking, they probably believe they're not good looking. We run into that a lot too. Uh, so it's a but contrarious bunch of people you ever saw. So trying to sell these weirdos a club for people who are non-joiners, it has been kind of an uphill battle. And we did have to brand our materials. Uh, when we finally got a book published, we, it, it had to be branded humor so that we didn't end up being thrown in prison for treason or schizophrenia or any number of, you know, Satan worship or something. We don't have anything to do with Satan, but you know how some people are. If it's not their particular personal savior, then it must be the devil. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we, what yeah. we is a short-duration personal savior. We don't expect people to worship Bob forever. In fact, that would probably be a pretty bad idea. And, uh, you know, so it's like he works in your life for a while, just long enough to free you from that that seriously bad cult that you were in, which <clears throat> might have been your employer. Um, <laughs> but more than anything else, it's been really fun. We meet the most interesting people this way. When um, when would you say that the Church of the Subgenius was was at its its maximum? Was that during the days of you running the MTV ad? Which, by the way, we still run on our show. Well, I've converted it to MP3, and from time to time, I'll drop it in. Uh, it, it's hard to. It's kind of like we we have come and gone in terms of, uh, of fame and coolness. Around 1984, we were the coolest thing in San Francisco for one month, which is about how long you're allowed to be. <laughs> and uh, but then again, like in yeah, in the 90s, we were we were cool in the Northeast around Cleveland and uh, uh, general you know northeastern cities. We were doing. Uh, a lot of live shows and clubs and stuff then. And then uh, uh, then we got infamous again when there was a terrible thing happened around 2005 where um, I had a young business partner. He and, he and his, his wife had a child custody problem. She had a, a child before they were married. And her ex-husband tried to have this child taken away from her because of Church of the Subgenius. And this family judge in New York said, oh, okay, and gave this kid, took the kid away from a really hardworking, college-educated family and stuck him back with this ne'er-do-well, mentally ill, biological dad. And that um, made a lot of news on the Internet. And that tragedy caused us to get a lot more attention. And actually, this, we, we made more money that year than just about any other time. Um, of course, Bob takes mm. it all. So we, we don't we don't see much of it. Well, didn't <laughs> this? You're serious about this? Didn't the church know that what was what was up with all of this? You know, or did they really they bought into it? Is what you're saying? Well, there there was this uh, a family judge who initially 
said, oh, I don't want to hear about churches of genius. That's a joke. But then this, uh, they managed to convince him, partly because of some of the raunchy stuff. Remember, this was like in uh, several years ago, and we had a lot of raunchy stuff on the Internet. Uh, people since then, one by one, they call me up and go, hey, I'm, my, my grandma's on the Internet now. Can you take down those topless pictures of me at your <laughs> at the subgenius camp out. We had plenty of those. We, we had an annual, we still do. We have this annual uh, kind of uh, camp out where we all wait for the flying saucers to come on July 5th, 1998, every year. And that we've been doing it for years at, at a couple of different uh, campsites and event centers that, that specialize in, in pagan and uh, no hippie type festivals. So that basically you can make noise all night long and, and people can run around with no clothes on if they want to. You don't have to worry about me doing that voluntarily. Voluntarily. The first year, the first year, <laughs> that, the world, first year that the world failed to end, the whole crowd stripped me down and threw me into a smelly pond. Ugh. Felt like I'd lynched as if it was my fault. <laughs> you know, if I'm not Bob. Would that be the first baptism? We've been doing that for a long time, and uh, they were a lot of fun. Uh, although we've had to switch from a swimming tool, pool to a pond lately, and I've been surprised how many people are afraid to get into a pond just because it's full of spiders and muck. <laughs> Strange. These kids these days are kind of scary cats. They're soft. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that is the coming mom. of the millennial subgenius. <laughs> oh, no, no, they're not. I'm not. I would never, ever uh, uh, call people names on the basis of their age because it takes all kinds. There's really cool 10-year-old subgeniuses, and then there's, you know, 50-year-old jerks that call themselves subgeniuses. But really, all that made them a subgenius was their $35 membership fee. That's really all it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you won't necessarily be accepted as an equal, I guess, unless you act like a dumbass. But your Why money will be accepted on equal. <laughs> if only it could have been Church of the Genius. We'd have smart people. We'd be rich. But instead, we have sub-geniuses. So I oh, gotta well, ask they're a you. lot more fun. When you first started doing this and you guys were on your rise, I had read somewhere that William S. Burroughs actually wrote a short story for you guys. Is that true? Uh, No, he didn't exactly. Um, We were doing an anthology with Simon & Schuster of of, uh, short stories about Bob. And um, we had stories from some luminaries, uh, science fiction writers. Robert Anton Wilson wrote one just for us. It was a, a Lovecraft uh, takeoff, oh. and uh, John Shirley and Lewis Shiner, a few other known sci-fi writers, did. <clears throat> and we decided to, we'd, we'd hit up William Burroughs because we had heard we didn't know him or anything, but we had heard that he was subgenius friendly. People had gone to shows where he was, and uh, he'd recognized the Bob button. We managed to get through the firewall of his assistant who didn't think he'd be interested, but he was. He said, oh, yeah, I've got just a thing. He had already written something that he thought would be perfect. 
it was mainly about Jim Jones and the People's Temple, that mass suicide thing uh, in the seventies. <laughs> and uh, but it fit perfectly. And plus, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he, in his in this case, it did. Plus, uh, you know, he was like the biggest name we had on the cover of the book. Not that it helped much. He did request twice as much as we were paying everybody else. I think he got six hundred bucks. Whereas most of us got three hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> for our for our short story. Uh, there's some really funny stuff in that. Uh, it's out of print, but we have it all on subgenius.com, uh, buried in our classics section. So you can read the William Burroughs thing and a bunch of other uh, really funny stories on there, and both pulse pounding, exciting stories. All of the stuff that's. Out of print, are you, are you planning on bringing any of this back into print at some point or another, or is it just stuff that that was it, it's done, it's archived, and that's the last anybody's going to see of it unless they go digging for it? Or no, know, we're, we're we're we have been, we have just started embarking on us on into self publishing again, thanks to print on demand companies, mm-hmm. so that you don't end up having to finance uh, you know the printing of a thousand books that sit in your closet for five years. Um, we're going to reprint our old Stark Fist magazine, which was usually ended up being like a 110 page journal that came out every two or three years. And so we're going to, I can reprint those pretty easily. I've already scanned those. I think I have rights to three fisted tales and I can release that. Um, uh, and, and the other, the two main sub genius books that aren't in print, Revelation X and a, a newer one from 2006 called the uh, Bobliographon. Uh, that publisher went out of business, and um, I, I'm going to try to resurrect those books. And we're also doing original stuff. My radio partner, Lonesome Cowboy Dave, wrote a great sci-fi novel called Neighbor World. It's almost like clockwork orange because it's written in this sort of future jargon and it's great. We're that one's our first one. We, that was an easy one to do. It was all text. You can, you can get neighbor world on amazon.com and uh, the book of the sub genius is still in print. That's our original main book. And strangely enough, that thing's been in print since 1983. When you, when you get your membership to the church of the sub genius, does that come with it or is that, is this like a Scientology thing where you, you got to, to experience the full strength of Bob, you always need to contribute more. Well, yeah, it's a one time, you can become a lifetime sub genius for 35 bucks, but no, we're not going to throw the book in. You get a bunch of stuff. I mean, you get the decoder ring, the bumper stickers, the, the two main pamphlets, which are like little books and uh, tons of graphics. You can stick all over the place, but, uh, yeah, the the book of the sub genius and neighbor world and other other uh, stuff and the hour Slack radio show. Now that's free. Mm-hmm. People can listen to that. And there's a sixteen hundred episodes online. Now you guys yeah, have been doing been this doing for a while. Nineteen eighty five, and that wasn't even the first sub genius radio show. Uh, Puzzling evidence started doing a weekly show at KPFA in San Francisco. In 1982, and they're still on. Do they the still have the podcast feed? Four, 
Huh? Do they still have a podcast feed going? Because I was listening to them for a while, and then it seemed like their their feed or something fell off. I wasn't able to find puzzling evidence anymore. Or do they just combine right. with your there, feed? Right. There was there was somebody. Uh, not they weren't archiving it. Somebody else was, and he quit. But now they're archiving it again. Um, if if you you know just Google around for puzzling evidence, it should show up. Or you can look at the page. The, the our Slack page on subgenius.com points to the other subgenius radio shows, of which that right now there are three others besides our Slack that are, that are currently being done every week. Uh, Reverend Susie the Floozy does a show out of uh, um, uh, WREK in Atlanta. And then there's a podcast called Time for the Show that's now being done every week or so by a bunch of younger folks who are much faster and less brain damaged, or maybe they're more brain damaged and they just sound faster. I don't know. So are there, are there younger generations of, of, of sub geniuses coming in to fill the ranks now as the older ones get old or are you experiencing yeah, any growth in the church? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's always been going on. And plus people get tired of it and drop away. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's been a certain amount of attrition all the time, and yet there's new see seekers coming in. Uh, and uh, so the younger ones gripe a lot about, hey, it's all old people. But they're young ones griping about that fact, and, and they are somewhat outnumbered. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, there's... Uh, there's always new ones come along. Now, whether they're good for anything is that's a subjective uh, uh, viewpoint, I suppose. I, I really enjoy the the uh, new radio show. That's that's a change of pace for me. And um, you know, of course, any any when you've been doing this job for thirty five or forty years, oh God, if anybody wants to do anything new, please do it. Whip it out. Send, if you make a million bucks, send us uh, 10%. I make that 15. 15%? <laughs> yeah. Make a million bucks off a Bob Ripoff thing. Just send us 15%. We'll be fine. Wow. And then, and then we'll, and then, and then we'll after, you, after we got some money out of you, then we'll sue you for trademark infringement. Sounds about right. All of it. <laughs> we awesome. haven't actually tried that yet, but because nobody's made a million bucks off of it. Yeah, it's true. I got to ask time. you about the Devo thing because uh, Devo very much acquaints themselves with the Church of the Subgenius and Bob Dobbs. How did you guys get involved with Devo? How how did that fall into place? Uh, it was it was real easy. I sent him a fan letter and a Subgenius pamphlet. Because they had uh, their second album, they had a little poster that that uh, well, actually they 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 got the artwork from us for the poster, or they redesigned one of our posters and made it theirs. And they had a little no, that must have happened afterwards. Anyway, at some point they had a fan club, Club Devo, which is still going. And I sent him a, a postcard, and I would and a pamphlet, and I was amazed I got a response from Mark Mothersbaugh. And uh, he wanted to know more. And I had done a 16-millimeter underground movie when I was in 
the, the one year I was in college and I sent that to them and they, it was, uh, they hired me on the spot to animate a GI Joe and Barbie for one of their music videos, love without anger. And we just kind of did stuff for each other back and forth. I did some animation for them real cheap. And they, Mark uh, contributed music to our uh, MTV thing. That music is by Mark Mothersbaugh in that. Mm -hmm. And um, since then, I've kind of, Mark has gotten so famous, I've kind of lost touch with him. But I see Jerry Casale quite frequently. And in fact, we were at his house uh, uh, hanging out not, not very long ago. He married a subgenius too. That proves that. See now that now there's going to be interbreedings between devos and subgeniuses. <laughs> it's probably not a bad thing though. So, no, no, no. It's just, are you guys familiar with the band Negative Land? Oh yeah, very much so. Um, they they opened at our big show in 1984, and that was like the second time they had ever played out. Wow. Hmm. Wow. No kidding. So at, at that point, we were more famous than them. There, around 1984, it's funny how many people I met that I was slightly more, I was a lot more famous than them, although that's not saying much. <laughs> and then a few years later, they became household words. Matt Groening, for instance, of The Simpsons. I, yeah. I met him when he had just gotten life in hell syndicated. And I got to see him again. Uh, a couple of months ago too. And um, I hadn't seen him in all that time, but he remembered that we had had burgers at Astro Boy in LA and <laughs> sat, sat around bitching about how we were never going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> He's working on some real new, sh some new show now. I can't wait to see. Futurama, Futurama is like my favorite show it was on all the years that it was on Futurama was great. It, it, it was on, then it went away. And then I think it came back. I think it came back three times. Yeah. Was it two right. or three times? Yeah, I know Fox, it got canceled right. at least once. Fox hated Matt Groening because he had put them on the map with something that made fun of right wingers. How <laughs> dare he put them on the map, making fun of idiots like them. But so they, they really, they very much, sabotaged Futurama as best they could. They they own the Simpsons. They they couldn't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But they they uh, Matt had a much more connection to to uh, Futurama, and they they really they it was personal. Uh, and, and I was so disgusted with the whole thing that uh, when 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 Fox started messing with the schedule to scheduling Futurama. I learned how to watch TV only on the internet and I, I haven't watched a regular cable show since uh, I don't, I never see commercials. So, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I became I, I, a cord cutter last on, year. It's like you learn how to, how to download shows right after they air in England and the, the commercials are automatically cut out of them. So, uh, I guess it doesn't help the ratings of the show a whole lot, but yeah. I didn't have. To. Are you a Doctor Who fan? You know, I never have actually watched a Doctor Who show. Not one. What? I've also never seen an X Files episode. What? The, the reason. 
Yeah, the reason for this is because I became a dad in 1979. Uh, I was the father of two kids and this church, and I had a day job. So I basically missed a lot of television, which I'm, I'm catching up on now. I mean, half the people I know were real big Doctor Who fans. I'm sure I'd love it. But, I mean, yeah. That's why I can't believe you can't watch Doctor Who. It just blows my mind. Well, you asked how you start a cult. You have to sacrifice other cults. <laughs> you do. You have to Full sacrifice plate, sir. your fandom. You have to, you have to, like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I missed out on all the other geek stuff in order to promote my own geek thing. You need to do what Christianity does and just, like, encapsulate and absorb. So you need to, you know... You need to go and find those people and be like, yes, we too are of the who and, and just absorb them into what you do and incorporate it into, you know, all of these, all of these subgroups of uh, geek culture out there could very, very easily. They, they need a shepherd, you know, it's and, and you guys could fill that role nicely. Well, yeah, that's, well, we, we did do that for a long time. Uh, the, the second book that we got had published was called High Weirdness by Mail, and it was a compendium of all the cool, weird stuff that we had discovered. Uh, some of it was kook material that was <clears throat> fun to read because it was insane and disgusting. And other stuff was just really weird art. And so, you know, we uh, tried to spread around our discoveries as much as possible. The, the internet kind of made that redundant. Yeah, you know I can see I mean? what that would be. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all you had to do Type the word weird into Google, and there it is. It's done for you. Yeah, I do it on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Our show functions on weird. I need to ask you, and we discussed this very briefly before we hit record, the whole Leesburg 1956 drugstore ad that has a, a picture very much resembling Bob Dobbs. What, what was that all about? Oh, there's no question. Well, so here's that discovery spooked us. Your your listeners first have to imagine the original picture of Bob that put us on the map is this uh, really it's a half tone picture that looks like it was probably started out as a a drawing, Um, like a a black and white wash drawing. I I always imagined it was like kind of like a black and white painting. Mm hmm. And, um, of course, Bob had appeared in drawings and idealized pictures of him. had been showing up in magazines for decades, but they were all different angles of him, you know. And it could be some other guy. They all looked, every dad looked like that. Mm-hmm. And half of them were named Bob. Mm-hmm. They all had the pipe, and they all had that weird grin. And some of them were Bob when he was modeling. Well, we, still, the one true Dobbs head, it's like... Uh, we had found it as a piece of clip art in a yellow page clip art book, this public domain, free stuff to use. And we thought, well, that's Bob. And we trademarked it and, and, and stared at it for 20 or 25 years, thinking that, that that was all there was. Then somebody discovered these old ads in a newspaper in Virginia that had a photograph of Bob, and it's definitely the one that the drawing is made from because the brill cream gleam and the hair 
matches up perfectly. The pipe does. I mean, we've overlaid them on each other. And, and yet the photograph looks different. He looks a lot jowlier. He looks like an older guy than the main picture of Bob. Mm-hmm. And it's a real face. And so you can imagine that's like, put the, it just gave us the creeps. We pretended we hadn't seen it for about four years. Seriously. It was like, we just didn't know how, how to deal with it. And then, uh, is this like a possible situation where you have like Bob Dobbs just reaching out through time and space to all of us? Has, has Bob always been there? Is this like ancient aliens? Right. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly what's been, I mean, if you look in Book of the Subgenius, there actually have always been Bobs. You can find Bob images going back to the ancient Egyptians and, you know, cave paintings. There, there's pipes everywhere. You know, all you have to do is put a pipe on something and it suddenly becomes a subgenius image. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, and Bob has Freaking been planting. Awesome. Bob and the previous incarnations of Bob had been planting these hints for ever and um, as the media overload built up in in the 20th century people started growing up seeing that grinning face and identifying it with something Mm -hmm. and of course after we started spreading it around starting in the 80s you know it's people started spray painting stencils of it and putting decals of it everywhere and little i run into people middle-aged people all the time that saw it when they were like in elementary school because somebody had stuck that face under their desk or inside the pencil sharpener or 30 feet up the side of the school building. I've heard of all of those examples. And these kids just sit and stare at that face and wonder about it. And then the the day comes when they see the little ad that says, send a dollar if you want to know about Bob. Of course, nobody ever sends a dollar. <laughs> but that's the part they figure is a joke. Uh, when we started selling stuff for $10, then they, they sell a little tiny metal pin of Bob's face for 10 bucks. Well, we can sell a lot more of those than, than the ones that sell for only $1. So go figure. I really should double off. I should add a zero to every price. My son keeps selling <laughs> Dad, you got to add a zero to everything. So what you're kind of saying is it's, it's possible that Bob could have been there from the beginning, manipulating our DNA. And again, the way ancient aliens were to possibly engineer a genetic breed of Bobites or Bobbies, if you will. Actually, it started so far back in antiquity, it would blow your mind. But this is all in Book of the Subgenius. It actually started when the men from Planet X arrived here in around uh, 80 million years ago. Uh, And they uh, created these little servant creatures uh, called humans. And then they, at the same time, they accidentally wiped out the dinosaurs. Well, the humans didn't really last all that long. I mean, actually, no, I I got this backwards. Excuse me. I can't believe I just said it that way. About 80 million years ago, the men from Planet X landed on the Earth, accidentally wiped out the dinosaurs, and created this servant race called the Yeti that were perfect bipedal beings. They survive as what we call Bigfoot or, you know, 
abominable snowman, but of course they're way more advanced than people. The Yetis created the humans later on as a kind of lab rats and then were sloppy and they let them get loose and they even had sex with them. And so now in the modern time, you see the Yeti gene has been diluted terribly and the humans are just making a terrible mess of the whole planet. In fact, they already destroyed the earth once and switched places with Mars. <laughs> so they could start up. What we're on now actually is a pristine planet that used to be called Mars. And Mars used to look kind of like the, what we call the Earth, but look what we did to it. Now it's barren, airless, nothing grows there. Is it possible that offshoots of a certain species occurred over hundreds of thousands of years? The ancient alien theory answers that exact question. And the answer is... Bob. Bob. Bob! So what about Nibiru? We, we, huh? What about Nibiru? Planet Nibiru? Oh, that's superstitious nonsense. That's oh, okay. A different planet. <laughs> no, the, the real planet Fair X enough. is like <laughs> There you have but it, folks. That Nibiru, that's, that's crackpot stuff. Are you kidding? Those people are nuts. <laughs> Who could believe that kind of nonsense? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> sure. well, this is a scientific cult. Indeed. Well, having you having said that and, and pointing to science, which all of your science sounds very sound. I, I really, you know, I, I can't disagree with it. Um, what is your opinion on the coming singularity? Well, the problem is that it's actually a race between the singularity and the ideogularity. Can the machines become smart before the humans become so much dumber that they blow everything. That's the race. I have friends who honestly believe that there's this, the, the, the artificial intelligence will become so great that it'll solve all our problems. Well, um, Genesis is Skylab, to quote the fifth Terminator movie. And I don't trust the cloud or Skylab or any of that stuff. I also don't trust people to get any smarter. I remember when the Internet was something you had to be pretty smart to even know what it was. And now look at it. It's just making people dumber and dumber and dumber. Because no matter what stupid thing you want to believe, you can now find easily find 10,000 other people that have proof <laughs> for the stupid thing you want to believe. Uh, I, I don't, I, let's not even go the political direction because that's where it has become <laughs> infinitely obvious mm -hmm. that the internet is destroying people's brains. I mean, it is it is rotting people's minds. I knew it was going to become like TV, and it did, and it'll be worse. I tell you. Mark my words. Nobody believes the old prophet of doom until it all comes down. <laughs> I won't be here, though. I'll be, I'll be with Bob on the saucers when that happens. Does the Church of the Subgenius have a stance on the concept of flat Earth? Uh, yes. Um, that's pretty dumb. Show me the egg. It's much more complicated than that. Um, <laughs> There, there's, uh, there's, uh, not, not only is the earth spherical, but it's hollow, and there are a number of 
it, it's like a, one of those Russian nesting dolls. It's planet inside planet inside planet. We're only taking their word for it that this is the top floor. You know, we see a sky, but I've never been to the moon. It could all be fake, I suppose. I've had friends who insisted that we never went to the moon, and then a month later they were telling me that the U.S. government had slave camps there. They'd, they'd go from, we never landed there at all, to they're covering up slave camps. Or that there's a city on the backside of it, and this has altered the photos. And uh, Oh, yeah. What's the other one? The Black Knight satellite. Yeah, you don't even need the moon. You just go down the, the, the Nazis had an entrance to the hollow earth at the North Pole. And they were trying to make deals with the underground uh, demon people that lived down there. It backfired. Sounds uh, like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're more into the hollow earth than the <laughs> flat earth. <laughs> I mean, it's real easy to prove it's flat, but it's harder to prove that it's not hollow. Well, in subsections, it is. Very true. Very true. Right. Sure it is. Uh, I mean, Cars Bay Cavern just keeps going. I think um, there's, there's caves that they don't know how far they go. Well, wasn't there an article, Lobo, that said something about how they've discovered that there's more water inside the Earth than on the surface at this point? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's common knowledge. Maybe, and when that stuff comes squirting out, then suddenly we got water worlds, right? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, um, Stephen Baxter wrote two really good novels about that happening. I don't think it's proved that there's more water underneath the surface. Exactly. Or not, a, not in terms of one big ocean. There might very well be more water down there, but it's not like in an ocean that's going to come squirting out. No. I don't think. No, it's trapped in aquifers. If there is, we, we're going to need it for the super volcano at uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, that caldera is really going to screw us over, isn't it? Right, we're going to need we're going to need the super volcano to to to. Well, no, we don't need the super volcano. We're going to need the water from under from the hollow earth to put out the volcano. Yes, so they're just going to have a really big hose to get it over there. See, we're scientific. About we are. Stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> okay, um, God, so many questions to ask you. So many places to go. Um, for anybody who's who's new to the Church of the Subgenius who hasn't heard this yet, can you give us the brief dime store tour of of how we're going to be saved by Bob Dobbs? Uh, the whole, um, by, which by the way, I need to ask you before we do this. Now that you've moved from um, your your dwellings in Ohio down to Texas, what is the future of X Day in Ohio? Are they still going to be holding it there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for, it's too hot in July in Texas. <laughs> It's hot enough in Ohio. Yeah, um, yeah no, we, I, I, uh, actually, it's funny. Uh, my wife co-directs another festival called Starwood that's for um, more spiritual type weirdos. And it's music, also a music, like a world music festival. Um, and uh, it's the week after X Day at the same place. And we'll both keep going back to Ohio to do mm -hmm. that forever until the world ends, I should say, which should be this summer. Mm -hmm. But this, this summer, this down, summer, we have been let down uh, 20 times so far. What is the reason for that? Uh, 
because every every July fifth you celebrate X Day, which is when the aliens are supposed to come and rescue the members of the church subgenius where Bob Dobb, Bob Dobbs, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, I, I don't mean to, to get, to get the religion wrong, where Bob Dobbs no, no, you got has brokered a deal with Jehovah one to, um, give everybody their own private planet that the, it's the way that they want it to be. But that's supposed to be on July 5th, correct? July 5th, 1998. Okay. So is so our calendar wrong? We're a little far exactly. beyond that. We, we don't know what year this really is. We don't, we, have, we don't even know for sure what planet this is. Again, we're just taking the word for all of this. Bob said that the world would end July 5th, 1998 at 7 in the morning for everyone but the dues-paying subgeniuses. Everybody else would undergo terrible tribulations, partly at the hands of the now equipped subgeniuses with their death planets and stuff. But uh, um, obviously, the I mean, Bob sold it. We smoked it. That settles it. 1998 hasn't come yet. This could be this could be uh, 1818 for all we know. And we've got a long time. Now, if somebody noticed that it looked like the, the numbers had been turned upside down from the original note and that Bob had originally scrolled down July 5th, 8661. If you flip those numbers over, it says 1998. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's all. That's just silly. I and mean, nobody's going to wait eight, <clears throat> 6,000 years for, uh, for Bob, I don't think. Hope not. Well, some people wait 2,000 for their saviors, but hey, go ahead. Yeah, actually, you're right. I mean, uh, there's, there's quite a few uh, other cults that still... But nobody's waited for the end of the world as many times as us. The Jehovah's Witnesses have given all their worldly goods away about 10 times, but we've Amen done that. 20 times. Well, as far as cults go and religious organizations such as yours, you guys have a really, you, you guys probably have the best bang for buck on a relative short time scale. Because every religion yeah. out there, it, it's like 2,000 years, 1,000 years. Um, it's repeating, you know, all of the, well, when's it going to repeat? Well, it goes through cycles and we're in this cycle now. Whereas you guys are like, no, this is, this is a relatively short time frame. There's no, there's really not that much waiting involved. You know, it's uh sign up. No, and, the, all you have, the world ends this uh, on July 5th. Yeah. Assuming this year might be 1998. Well, well I'll be out there at seven. In, that's the only time I have to get up at seven in the morning Yeah, is, is, is X day. July 5th. I've got a pretty good job. Well, some people don't want to play the long game for salvation. You know, it's some people. I mean, this is the modern age. Again, this is this is why this is one of the perfect religions for millennials, because it's very much um, it's an instant gratification, no wait kind of thing. You know, whereas with most religions, yeah. as I stated, you have to wait quite some time to, to get your to get your comeuppance. And um, you guys do have a money back guarantee. We encourage, I mean, slack comes first for every subgenius. And that means if you like to eat, go ahead and eat all you want. Mm -hmm. You might need to, of course, vomit later or something. But, uh, you know, it's like the the way to escape temptation is to completely give in to it. Then it loses its power over you. That sounds good, doesn't it? That's, yeah, (laughs) it's a Bobism. (laughs) Yeah, Sounds about right. I mean, uh, so people should 
people should go ahead and, and max out their credit cards sending money to us so that they'll really be guaranteed a really good <clears throat> seat on the escape vessels of the sex goddesses. Um, they are sex goddesses. They, they may appear as gods to some people if that's what they want. Well, if some people are into that kind of thing, that's, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Well, the, 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 it's funny that they're called the men from Planet X because they're actually uh, all female. They don't they don't need uh, males around. They haven't needed males for millions of years, from what I've heard. Must be handsome females then. They're so much smarter than humans. <laughs> uh, that doesn't take much. So the, the men from Planet X have parthenogenesis. So technically, they're really women from Planet X. Let's talk about the Kickstarter campaign, uh, the documentary that's being made about you guys. That has made over $200,000, and I think it met its goals yeah, pretty quickly. It, that's just figures. Somebody else can make two hundred grand off a church of subgenius. Not you me. sound bitter. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, I'm so happy that they're doing this. Um, we made a feature-length documentary about the church in the uh, 80, late 80s called Arise, and it's really good. You can see it for free on the Internet or buy a DVD from us. But um, I've, I've always wanted to put together a sort of a capsule history in video. I've been shooting video and, and recording stuff all this time. I have a massive, massive amount of uh, mostly badly filmed VHS tapes, but we also have some professionally done stuff too. And um, these folks in Austin were smart enough to go, you know, there's a story here and we're film producers. And since we also run South by Southwest, there's a good chance our film will get seen hmm. and finished. Hmm. And, um, God, they, it's like they spent a ton of money on it shooting uh, over the last year with professional crew. They flew out to San Francisco to film the uh, radio puzzling evidence show people out there. And they, they shot it X day. They were at my Cleveland house and uh, which I need to sell, by the way, and my Texas house where I'm going to stay mostly. And I, I, uh, you know, I'm not telling them how to make their movie about Church of the Subgenius because I don't know where to start. And they're having trouble hammering it down and focusing it. You know, there's so much after 35 years or 40 years of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're focusing on the early days. And I've already lost a couple of friends because they weren't being focused on because they weren't part of the old guard. Uh, but, you know, I, like I say, I can't tell them how to make their movie. I'm just trying to help them uh, make it as best they can. And in, in fact, I've spent the last three weeks uh, going through all of our photographs, just still photos uh, from the from the 80s uh, before there was, you know, we didn't have video cameras the first few years. And uh, so I've been collecting all these stills and I've actually kind of relived my entire life in photographs over the last three weeks. And I feel like I'm about to go nuts. 
<laughs> nuts with happiness because it, it's been so. Uh, it's nuts it with really, happiness. really is. <laughs> it's a really interesting story. If they can encapsulate this stuff uh, right, it, it should be really, really good. <clears throat> um, I'm going to be going down there uh, to to do some last minute interviews. They want to interview Dr. Drummond and me to kind of tie together stuff and maybe I'll get some clue as to what their focus will be. Um, you know, I might not even like this thing, but I have edited and written four <clears throat> feature like documentaries myself. And I know how hard it is to make even a bad movie. So, um, I, you know, I just, uh, and they're hiring really good people. I mean, this isn't like an amateur thing, 200 grand. That's a lot of money for a documentary and documentaries don't make money. Mm -hmm. There's no way that they're going to actually, you know, make big bucks off of a documentary that just almost never. Happens. Is there a chance of this thing popping up on Netflix or anything like that? Cause Netflix is pretty documentary friendly. Oh, absolutely. That's, <clears throat> that's what's so good about it is that I'm sure it, it, it you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to finish it and I'm, and if they do, uh, these folks are so connected. Oh, they know they know how to get things mm -hmm. out there. Uh, this is the this is the people who started South by Southwest, the giant music film and computer festival in Austin. It's unthinkably huge. It's like a, those uh, like the San Diego Comics Con or Dragon Con, only it's different kind of stuff uh, it blew my mind they, the tickets for it cost like 1600 bucks and we got to go for free last year because they were our buddies and they wanted to film hmm. us there holy crap yeah we were at we were at a, a a party full of rich country western stars and movie directors and who was the camera crew following around me and philo and paul mavridis it's like people are sidling up to us going, why, who are you guys? And why is that crew following you? And we go, ignore them. We don't know who they are. They're, just, they're creepy. <laughs> just ignore them. Go away. And then they go, come on, now seriously, why? And, and they, the film crew actually got to show me and Philo whipping out pamphlets and turning on these complete newcomers who just were curious about why we were being filmed. And by the end of it, wow. they were in the movie. I hope. I, I was told do you that, think that, that, that this will, was really funny. Do you it, think this will bring really more people it. to it, the Church of the Subgenius? And if it does, are you ready it, for it, that? It, are you ready for a big resurgence? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd be, man, I'd be hand assembling membership packs day in and day out. <laughs> I was going to say, uh... I, do <laughs> I do all that stuff myself. Uh, as far as you know, the, the actual mail order thing, that that aspect of it, mm -hmm. it's pretty much just just me. I mean, I, I'm not the only person who writes and <clears throat> illustrates this stuff by a long shot. It's but I'm the I'm the one who who actually fills the orders and and gets the stuff printed and all that. I've gotten so fast at it, I'm starting to feel like the ant farm guy oh or the sea monkeys guy oh no. who were in both cases those were these goofy little businesses 
that were advertised in comic books and stuff, but sooner or later, everybody had an ant farm and sea monkeys, every kid. <laughs> See, I sure Lobo's got I, one now. I, I still have them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's it's a a guy working out of his house selling this thing, and they've done really, really well. Um, Obviously, I'm not nearly as good a business person as the uh, ladies who are doing this movie, and it is mostly ladies, which is kind of interesting. The church has tended to be a bit of a sausage fest, and um, (laughs) that it it has, I mean, we're a little... We've got much more diversity than Guar or or even Devo, probably. But um, it's not all geeky guys. And these these ladies really want to they want to draw more gals into it. Yeah, enough of the you know, want more scantily clad women running around. Right. Well, whatever. Um, they they were <laughs> whatever they were they were kind of wanting to to turn it in turn put the focus on Connie. Bob's wife, but I, I think um, I think they realized that although Connie's important, really the focus has always been Bob. But his face, you know, that face—that's really all you need. You were asking, how do you start a cult? Find the right face, find the perfect head, and people will tattoo <laughs> that damn thing all over themselves. They'll become walking billboards for your your cult it's just nuts i wouldn't do that i don't even wear bob shirts when i'm driving around town because i know what it's like to be the bob guy in in dallas i was the bob guy i managed to avoid that in cleveland now i live in the small town in rural texas there are worse things to uh, be known as uh, well i'm i'm hoping to just be known as as mr smith's son that came back to town and he has some kind of he publishes funny books or something. Well, um, that's the way I. If people would like to become involved in the Church of the Subgenius, and if they'd like to become members, um, tell anybody where they can go, how much it costs, and and do mention your money back guarantee. I feel that's very important for anybody looking for some form of salvation in this day and age. Which, by the way, Bob doesn't discriminate. By the way, I, I from what I understand, right. you can be multiple religions because you can never have too many saviors. Correct. Right. Sure, sure. Bob is not a jealous god. He's not really a god either. He's just the <laughs> luckiest tool of God in the. Or no, he's a tool of something. I don't want to drag God in. Something. Into. Yeah, he's God's biggest tool. We might say God's got a great big one too. <laughs> and he's a man. That's why I've, I've heard that all my life. God's a man. Now, fr- frankly, I think that's a little anthropomorphic. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, but anyway, you know, they, we're, we're getting into some heavy territory there. What's more important is the fact that you can find out more about Church of the Subgenius from subgenius.com. And all that takes is to be able to spell subgenius right. It doesn't have an O in it. <laughs> but dot .com. Uh, and... Um, uh, and, and there's all kinds of free stuff. You can hear the radio show for free, watch the videos for free, but you can't get our books for free. And you can't become a minister and really unlock the real secrets. We have, <clears throat> there's a lot going on on Facebook. If you Google Subgenius, 
oh, you'll be looking into subgenius forums galore. And most of them will be pretty stupid because most of those are just gimme bobs. People who never even read Book of the Subgenius, they just thought Bob was cool because they were told that or something. I don't know. Um, but really the way to do it is to get that membership kit because then you're an ordained minister. For one thing, you can then perform marriages or funerals or whatever. And best of all, it's only 35 bucks. But what you get is eternal salvation or triple your money back. If you don't get salvation for a full eternity, we'll happily refund not just your 35 bucks. We'll give you 110 bucks. Wow, that's, that's very. Right. No, that's not right. It's 115. Right. Oh, Wait a minute. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And we'll also sell no, your book. No, it is 105. <laughs> what the heck is going on? My brain hurts. Yeah, we have a we have a bit. Well, if you go to hell as a result of joining the church, we have a a book called Hell on Five Dollars a Day. It's only five dollars. <laughs> You only have five dollars. What would you learn out of the book of Hell for five dollars a day? What kind of what kind of stuff does that teach you? I hope I never (laughs) have to know. (laughs) (laughs) The Christian hell we're talking about. There's a subgenius. Well, what is that? Okay, wait a minute. Okay, that's a good point. What is we already we already know what the the subgenius heaven is. So, what is the the subgenius hell? Actually, you don't know what the subgenius heaven is. What you're thinking of as the subgenius heaven is just the subgenius hell, which is so pleasurable, you have to go through that to be prepared for the indescribable, unimaginable pleasures of subgenius heaven. We have to, we just have to take Bob's word uh, for that. I think we're hanging an awful lot of trust on Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bob is, Bob is not the answer, but neither is anything else. And really, I you're on agreed. your own. That's the, main, the main thing that Bob is teaching people is to is, is you got to become a self learner. You got to learn how to teach yourself. You you he can't. You're not buying slack from Bob. You're buying the knowledge that you already have slack. You just have to figure out which of it is your kind of slack. Huh. You know, the, the conspiracy is always trying to tell people, oh, if you, you know, drink this drink or, or buy these clothes or whatever, you know, get this raise, then you'll have slack. If you watch this show, then you'll have slack. Well, no, everybody has their own idea of slack. Um, you know, some people are bird watchers. That's some people play slack. monster hunter. Some people are stamp collectors. Then they have to have some <laughs> rock. Oh, 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 don't even get me started. The new one came out, you know. Monster Hunter, Monster World. Hunter World. Yeah, I've got 80 hours in already, and it only came out on January 26th. Try harder. Well, the sad thing is I've read reviews by people who basically aced the whole game in 60 hours. Wow. But I'm old. And I stop and smell the dinosaur dung a lot. Oh, good. I also pause. You know, I have to leave it on pause. And apparently time passes in the game, even when it's on pause. It's all online. It's okay with me. It looks so great. They've really improved it. It's it's really wonderful. I I bought a PS4 just for that game. 
Wow. That's dedication right there. Capcom's got me wrapped around their little claw. <laughs> I, I play other games, but not, not much. You know, it's like, I, I can't drive around Grand Theft Auto Land forever. I, I've got mon- those monsters aren't going to kill themselves. <laughs> it's very true. That is very true. And luckily, now I have grandkids that will play it with me. I've never That's been awesome. able to find another adult subgenius to play Monster Hunter with, but, I've, but Philo's daughter and my grandkids play it with me. Huh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. They're terrible at it. Well, that's bonding, though. You know, that's a good thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's bonding with your grandkids. <laughs> you know, and this. Yeah, yeah I'm the exactly. cool grandpa that plays video games. Get off my lawn unless you're going to play. Well, Stan, um, yeah. we're going to let you go. Um, I appreciate you being on here. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Again, if you want to, you know, tell people where they sure. can find you and get involved with the Church of the Subgenius if they want. Um, I know they can find your podcast just by going to pretty much any podcast aggregator and doing a search for the Subgenius Hour of Slack. Um, I am a faithful listener. I've been for many, many years now. Uh, but anything else you want to put out there, go right ahead. Well, um, for for uh, this sounds so old-fashioned, but you you can send us mail or request free information uh, from hmm. by mail. And our p- post office box, our address is much shorter now than it ever has been before. It's a <laughs> subgenius at box 807, 807, Glen Rose, Texas. G- two words, Glen Rose, G-L-E-N-R-O-S-E, Texas, seven six zero four three and uh i tried to get box 808 because 808 looks like b-o-b but no dice Mm, that's unfortunate maybe next time but yeah we're we're now relocated in a in a uh, really colorful little texas town that is known has had a long history of new age cultish miracle cures They used to have foul-smelling sulfurous water squirting out of the ground, and they sold that to the rubes as you know magic tonic. How far waters. are you from Aurora? And are you, are you by Aurora have, at all? Are you uh, close to Aurora? Have you been pretty, to the pretty, alien pretty grave far. site by chance? Pretty far. Um, it's not much. No, no, I don't need to. I've got alien, I have fossil alien skeletons here. Um, oh. We're going to open. In 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 this town, Glen Rose, there already is a creationist museum uh, called Creation Evidence Museum. It's funnier than Church of the Subgenius, and it doesn't mean. <laughs> but I've decided that we're um, now that I basically moved on to uh, what used to be my parents' goat ranch. I've got access to the same fossils and stuff as everybody else around this area. This is a famous fossil and uh, dinosaur track area. And we really do have dinosaur tracks in our creek down the hill it's, that I own. In fact, you can, you can uh, see us casting them on YouTube. But the important thing is I'm going to have a, a – a, we're going to go into – competition with the creationist museum because i'm creating the destruction evidence museum uh i can't wait into prehistory i have and i've got photographs to prove this we've already got a display that has 
a cave subgenius man and a cave subgenius woman. We call them Adam and Eve. <laughs> Although I think it might actually be Adam and Steve. Oh we dear. We have a fossil <laughs> devil. We have a devil from the Cre- lower Cretaceous period, the skeleton of a devil that tormented dinosaurs. We have a fossil alien from the time of dinosaurs, uh, 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 just a gray, a primitive gray. And he's got <laughs> crystals for eyeballs. That's how we know he's an alien. And, uh, oh. and we have a fossil robot. It a fossil robot. A fossil robot from the lower Cretaceous, probably built by the aliens. Noah's Ark sank here. I've got the ruin of it to prove it. <laughs> and besides the regular dinosaur tracks, we have ghost dinosaur tracks. Oh. So and this is just the beginning. You know, so we're going to have signs all along the highway coming to the ranch to say things like, Bigfoot made it with dinosaurs. Bible proof. Five dollars. You know, next left. And you'll uh, sell out. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah, man eating chicken. Only five bucks. Yeah, Seashell City, um, Rock City. Stuff. Rock City's the big one. Rock City is like that's that's the, that you see advertisements for that thing on freeways two states away before you ever get to Rock City in Kentucky. <clears throat> and. And yes. That's the one in you ever been Rock there? City in Chattanooga. That's that's a great. Oh yeah, I've been to I've been to a lot of roadside. My fa- one of my favorite ones is the Thing on uh, Interstate Ten, uh, right at the border of Arizona and New Mexico. Do you dare see the Thing? Well, if you are ever seeing those signs on that highway. Go ahead and dare. It's only a dollar, and there's about a hundred things. Actually, more like a thousand things. It's a great little museum of completely goofy stuff. The thing itself, I'll go ahead and spoil it. It's a mummy. Ooh. An Indian woman with her baby. And they may Very be possibly. completely They fake. may be. <clears throat> um, the main thing. Yeah. But yeah, roadside attractions, that's one of the... In fact, one of the things that inspired the Church of the Subgenius was driving around this little town when I was much younger. I'd see these handmade signs that said, Giant Man Tracks, 50 cents. And the story was that the Adamic people of the Bible, 6,000 years ago, of course, they lived with the dinosaurs. And so you'd find these (laughs) human-looking tracks near the dinosaur tracks. There really are lots of dinosaur tracks on the Paluxy River, um, a lot of them. And uh, there are things that look kind of like human tracks. And I've been a science geek since I was a little boy, so I knew what was going on. But I always thought, wow, I could do that. I could just put up a sign and say, yeah, that hole in the ground. That's <laughs> Where'd a mystery it come from? Hole. We don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> Five bucks. You know, here's a decal. Here's a decal that says, I saw the mystery hole in Glen Rose, Texas. I, I actually have a friend who's, who started doing that in Port, uh, Portland. There's a mystery hole in Portland. It's just a deep hole in the guy's backyard, but it's really dressed up. And he sells you a little bottle of nothing. It's labeled the vapors of encouragement. So you huh. see, we're not the first to come up with a completely hogwash cult or roadside attraction museum. 
This is a long tradition of flim flam. And strangely enough, I've ended up in this town that uh, actually did. It's not so much anymore, but in the 20s, it really was a hotbed of flim flam. Uh, There were what they call rubbing doctors here, uh, magnetic healers who would pass magnets over your arthritic arthritic parts and make it feel better. And then when women had hysteria, they would apply their special vibrating magnets to their bodies to make them feel good in ways their husbands didn't know how to do. (laughs) Some of those some of those healers. And, and, And hence the term Steely Dan was born. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of these rubbing doctors and healers were killed by angry husbands. But it's a it's a very colorful uh, place. It's a really good place for Church of the Subgenius to have its final headquarters. Are you going to open up a Church of the Subgenius museum at some point? Well, we have had one all this time, but it's kind of private. <sighs> there is a Bob Museum. <laughs> Right now, it's actually still in Cleveland because I we had glass cases there, and we don't have those in this house. And we're, we've got to figure out how to house the, the Bob Museum. It's got stuff like his original pipes, one of his teeth from childhood, gum that he chewed. You don't have any of the you props know, from that, your stage productions or any of the props left over from the commercial that you did on MTV or you know any of that other stuff? Oh, sure we do. Sure we do, and some of those were uh, rewards on that Kickstarter thing. But yeah, I do, I do have, uh, we still have the the masks and things that were made for that. and um, the, the, That's the stuff you need to put on display. It is. You'd have to see this house to believe it. <clears throat> You'd literally have to see it. It's not, and not just mine, a lot of subgenius houses are like this. Um, if you have an understanding family, you get to keep all your weird toys. And, uh, yeah, man, this place is full of heads. <laughs> Subgenius heads. <laughs> animal. I'm going to tell you something that you may find hard to believe. I'm sitting at my desk, okay, in this house in Texas. It used to be my little brother's bedroom. This file cabinet, desk, big computer screen, a couple of computers. But on the wall that I'm looking at, right behind my screen, is a bear skin, a bear skin rug stuck up on the wall with the head. There's a giant bear head that looks like it's about to bite a picture of Bob or my computer screen. Uh, it was a bear shot by my brother. And the, the rest of this Texas house has other animal heads of creatures that mostly my dad shot deer and sheep there's even a goat that used to be a household pet household goat that's not that uncommon down south and uh, and of course the map the bob masks and things are all uh, up on the mantelpiece and our uh, the casts of our dinosaur tracks are here and the coolest fossil collection if you're into marine fossils here we go it's not the most boring kind of fossil there is, unless you're into it. But you know, Love when, when life throws marine fossils at you, become a marine fossil expert. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a pretty unusual uh, house, and uh, the filmmakers covered. Uh, the, they filmed the Cleveland house before we moved here. Um, 
we've combined the two now, so it's it's kind of Twilight Zone. It's kind of Adam's Family, a little bit monster. You need to build a pole barn and put all that stuff on display in a pole barn there, and actually have a real a real museum of Bob. In my opinion, uh, you know, in my humble opinion. Well, we we had a barn, but uh, high winds tore the roof off of it. But this really is a goat ranch. It's a, it's a huge goat ranch. <laughs> with a mile of creek running through it, and the creek really does have dinosaur tracks and is loaded with marine fossils. It's kind of a nutty place to live. But That's it's really great cool. if you were always in it. I was a dinosaur nut when I was a kid. When my parents moved here, I couldn't believe they were so cool. That happened after I left home, so I never lived here. Huh. My dad died a couple a couple of years ago, and uh, that's how I en- we basically ended up here. I would not have been, I would not have imagined that my wife and I could stand rural Texas. If you read about Texas politics, but once your feet are on the ground, it's a, you know, it's a nice little sleepy town, friendly as hell. I'm sure they all voted for somebody I'd never vote for, but <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't care to brag about it. <laughs> They're That's good. They that. shouldn't. Well, Reverend Stang, we're going to let well, you go. Um, thank you for coming on here and talking yeah, with us again. I'll, I'll, you know, it's, it's, as always, it's been a lot of fun having you back on here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really am kind of geeking out because I do listen to your show all the time, and it's always a pleasure just to, to you know, when somebody brings you up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, we've had him on our show. And they'll be like, you've talked to Reverend Stang? I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. You know, he's really open. He's out there. He's really cool. He's fun to talk to, you know? Yeah, as long as we're not real. As long as we're not real famous, people assume that, that I'm really, like, reclusive and impossible <laughs> to get hold of. My phone number's on our website. There's no secretary. Except yeah, that, you d- it rings in my pocket. But uh, I yeah, you're you're pretty much you're you're accessible. Well, I so. don't pick it up, and I don't return <laughs> all the calls. It makes noise, but I ignore it. Uh, hey, if you, if leaves, There's this thing called voicemail. Someday I'll yeah, check if it. Somebody leaves a nice enough message, I'll certainly return the call. Well, thanks for coming on here. It's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you again. Well, thank you very much for uh, for letting me get on and brag again. No problem at all, man. I feel like I should ask you guys how you're doing and what how what what was your last show and stuff like that. Oh, we're good. You know, we've been around for what was it eight years now? Is that what we said last week? Well, seven years. Yeah, lately we've been going through some crazy internet hiccups and stuff like that. Actually, this show is the first quote unquote normal show we've had in weeks that so far has gone off with any kind without any kind of a glitch. I mean, I know there's a delay between us talking to you because we're going from Skype to phone and back, so there's a slight delay there. But aside from that, you know, praise Bob that this turned out good. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm not hearing much of a delay, but can you guys tell that I've got hearing aids now? What? I I'm sure that the last time we did this I was struggling to understand speech. Since then, I got real expensive hearing aids, and my God, oh, life is so much. You better can hear now. again. <laughs> That's good news. Yeah, everything sounds kind of weird, and music has a kind of a electronicy edge to it. It's a little and tinny. Crackling leaves are way too loud, but I can understand human speech again. I'm sorry to hear that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to hear that. Yeah.
Well, listen, you guys have only been in headphones for seven years doing your show. Wait until you've been doing it for 35 years. You won't be able to understand anything. <laughs> I'm getting there myself. Yeah, and it, and then it, the hearing aids that work aren't cheap. No, they're not. My old man has no. hearing aids. A lot of people in my family yeah. have hearing aids. Yeah, well, I'm just glad that they exist. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, thanks, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem, Stan. No problem at all, man. I hope the uh, documentary goes over well for you, and I hope there's a renewed interest in the search, of the Church of the Subgenius. And always, it's it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming out here and being with us. Praise Bob. Praise Bob. Praise Bob. And praise Logo. Thank you. What the hell do you think you're doing? Dragging your butt through the day, selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals? Acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them? Tired of getting all of the guilt, but none of the sex? There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his church of the subgenius. Bob brings a new destiny for the abnormal, for Bob comes to justify our sins, to unmask the conspiracy, and to get us back the slack they stole away. It's us versus them. Are you going to fry in hell on earth alongside the pink boys, or will you pull the wool over your own eyes and accept Bob into your mind? Repent, quit your job, slack off, and praise Bob! Church of the Subgenius Eternal Salvation or triple your money back. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. They say... I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. This is about to get weird. Join John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot each week as they clarify conspiracies. It's the first time euphemism's ever been used in this show, and I appreciate you calling me out on it. Explore enigmas. Disregard all known writing and use my method, which only <laughs> works on this. Uh, you'll realize it says drink rich chocolatey Ovaltine inside <laughs> the spaceship under the Sphinx. And probe the paranormal. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm, I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71. 71.1. 71.2. Admiral Bird is here. All of this done with the misguided help of the one and only Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will you. when they're good. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. What if I were to tell you that the forms are not the facts? And what if I were to ask you the shape of water? Water is in a state of constant flow and flux, a paradox of weakness and strength. My name is Aaron David, 
and I am host of Charm the Water, a weekly podcast centering on the occult and mysticism based in Asheville, North Carolina. You can find us at charmthewater.com or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, your favorite pod feeder. Come holler. Your roadmap to the strange and unusual begins with the Travel Oddities Podcast, the only paranormal travel show in the universe with Harley. They say it looks like a horse. This thing's a nat Unless somebody got a really early release of Star Wars, then I'm calling bullshit. Amy. I will get rid of my gun. Stop. You're like microphone Hitler or something. And Brett. Would you look better shitting in public as a naked man or as a werewolf? Find them on iTunes, Stitcher, or at TravelRodities.com. Your adventure awaits. Reverend Ivan Stang, Church of the Subgenius. Wow. <laughs> That's one way to put it. It's I really agree. strange because... I was telling him off the air that I've I, I grew up in the 80s, but I was into a lot of like we talk about that group negative land. There's a lot of stuff that I pull and put into the show where a lot of this stuff is is behind the seats, behind the scenes, sub church, sub genius church related. I'm beginning to not talk right now. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. going. I'm so tired right now. But um, there is this group called Native Land that a lot of people, some of you people probably don't know who they were. They were really good at taking all this different stuff and editing it together and cutting things up and twisting them around and what have you. And they came out with this album called U2. And uh, it had the U2 spy plane on it. And U2's record company sued them or tried to sue them. I don't remember how it actually came out. But there was this big ordeal over it. And they were one of the first bands that were out there that were like, everything that we do, take it, steal it put it out there, cut up tapes, do whatever you want with it, you know, because whatever we make isn't, once we release it, it's no longer ours. It's everybody else's. And that's how they they spliced up and did stuff with media. And they in turn did a bunch of stuff for the Church of the Subgenius. So there's all this stuff floating around out there. And um, they were making a lot of news back in the 80s on MTV, which is right around the time that the Church of the Subgenius, they had a thing going on MTV. They would run an ad on there, which we do occasionally run on here. I have probably or will run it on this show. Uh, you've probably heard it or will hear it by this point. And I've run it in other episodes. And they they were a big inspiration between the Church of the Subgenius and all these other weird cut and paste bands for me to do a lot of the stuff that I do on this show, a lot of that weird quirky intros that I have, like the one with the Yeti, all of this stuff comes <laughs> yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, the one with the Yeti, the abominable snowman, all this stuff that I cut together and put together, a lot of that comes from all those, eight, those days of listening to that stuff growing up. I was like 15 years old listening to this really weird music and this industrial stuff like Skinny Puppy and all these industrial bands and all weird stuff that nobody knew what the hell this stuff was. And it was just, just, at the time, it was really avant-garde to hear this stuff. So go on YouTube. If you're into that kind of stuff, go on YouTube and do a search for Negative Land and, and just listen to really anything from them. They're just bizarre and funny and weird and what have you. And they were closely associated with the Church of the Subgenius, and that's how I come to find those guys. And years later, I found out, wow, these guys are still around. They're still doing stuff. And he's getting up in years. You know, he's, he's yeah, getting up there. Yeah, he is. So, <laughs> But anyways... um. Yeah, he never broke character. It, nope. Like, me and you try as hard as we could. We just could not keep our shit together. Nope. <laughs> no, he, we couldn't. He just kept on rolling with it. He would not stop. <laughs> no, even when I was cackling like a fool, he still kept it up. 
So anyways, um, I don't think I really have too many more shout outs or anything to do. As always, hi to everybody on the Facebook page. Come find us on Facebook. Our group is growing. <laughs> hi to all the people on the Facebook page. You mean the four people that actually listen from the Facebook page? You know what? That- <laughs> Did you see that guy I was talking to on the Facebook page the other day? He put something, he posted something that we covered, and I'm like, you, you do realize we covered this on the last show, right? Show? He's like, yeah. show? He was like, show? What do you mean? I'm like, this page supports, this, this Facebook page supports a podcast, which is why all these weird news bits and stories get posted here. What is these things called podcasts and how do I find these? And at the very top of our Facebook page, there's a post right there. It says the new feed is live. How to subscribe to our show. Well, I guess it doesn't yeah. show up on your phone well, if you do it on a phone, but no, uh, it doesn't. I just assume that most people, I, I, cause I'm on the computer and that's where I've, that's where I do my Facebook stuff. I just assume that everybody does these kinds of things, but I guess not. So, nope. yeah. So every once in a while, we'll get somebody that's like, you have, this is a podcast that supports There's all this. There's a show that goes along with this? And I'm like, well. Wh- witchcraft is this? I'm like, you either A, didn't answer the questions to get on the page, or somebody else added you to the page and kind of sponsored yeah. you in here. Because it's kind of a small group. I think we've got less than 800 people on our Facebook page. Yeah, I think so. Which, to an extent, I kind of like. I kind of like keeping it small. Um we have a lot of people as of late that are becoming more interactive, new people that are becoming more interactive. You guys all know who you are. Our Aussies. Uh-huh. We've got our couple of Aussie listeners out there that are tremendous supporters of the page. Um, as always, the people from Hysteria 51, the people from Trial Oddities, we all hang out in the same pages. We all know each other. We're all big podcast family. So, you know, if you're here this, please join our Facebook page. Just answer the three questions that are very simple. What is tomato soup made out of? What show does this podcast support? And some other dumb question that I can't remember right now. And the only reason those are there is to keep the bots out of the page. So we don't get mm, bots because we will have like people from Nigeria and all this stuff like join our page. And I'll be like, what is this person from South Nigeria or wherever in the world <laughs> want to join our page? Which we do have listeners from those parts of the world, but they answer yes. the questions. So, yes, we had Logan from South Africa. I haven't heard from Logan in a long time. Logan, if you're out there, one of the Logans, any any Logan that listens to any Logan, if your name is Logan, if your name is Logan and you listen to the show or you are listening to us from Australia because our Australian membership is growing by leaps and bounds right now. Sort of is. We do have transplants here, though. What do you like? We have one woman in particular that listens to the show and is on the page who I know for a fact is not in Australia. But she's a transplant from an Austra- from Australia. Okay. She's really cool. I'm not gonna I don't want to call her out because I don't want to cause problems. And then we got our the UK name listeners. Uses, what's that? And then we got our UK listeners. We do. We do. We have a Scott that listens to us. And uh, My. to our Canadian <laughs> listeners, you can suck it. Hey. America won gold in curling. Which I actually, really don't think they're going to be that upset, eh? No, not Canadians, no. Well, there's the Russian doping allegations. Did you hear about that? Who dopes, who dopes for curling? I don't know. The who Russians did. The Russians did. And apparently they doped and they asked, well, okay, well, what advantages are you going to get for doping in the sport of curling? And apparently they did it so they could broom faster. That they it gives them more ability. Dude, I don't one know. of the best curlers ever used to down beer while he was doing it. You don't need to dope to broom faster. Where did curling come from? I don't know. Uh, Scandinavia? No. No, you always said that because I started with an S. I watched how they make the curls. Scotland. The curls. Curling. Marty! 
came Get from Marty Scotland. Get over here. Yes, curling came from Scotland. And I've the only reason I, no. I'm making it, because lately I've, I've been posting all this stuff on the Facebook page about curling as a joke more than anything. Sure. But um, I've done it. I've actually gone out and done curling, and it's hard as hell, man. It, that shit wears you out. You're like, Flight's oh. an Olympic sport, man. You're like, they oh, don't have like carriage riding, is it? I'm just going to throw this this stone carved torque converter across the ice and I'll have Olympics my. It's heavy, man. Yeah, they're like 60 pounds. And then, like, they're they kind of toss it. And then you got these guys with like these little padded brooms. And the idea is that it, it changes the temperature of the ice and makes it slicker or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But it's basically like it's a really cool shuffleboard. But if you're the guy with the broom trying to keep up with the stone, you know, it, it it's like, oh my god, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, dude, that seems like a lot of work. It is. It is not. It is. It is not like, uh, you know, this is this is a silly sport. And then there was the girl that last week that tried to uh, board a plane with her curling broom, and they wouldn't let her on the plane because she tried to claim it was sporting equipment. And the airport was like, no, curling is not a sport. And it turned into a big, huge scandal. Mm. That was another thing. Anyways, okay, wait. Before we do anything else, yes, we need to. I need to pimp a movie that people need to check out it's called the ritual everybody's saying that on dude it's so good everybody's character in it is based on the black goat of the woods from hp lovecraft and the writer has admitted to this i have not yet watched it i've watched dude Altered, it's so uh, good i watched altered carbon i'm watching the frankenstein chronicles on netflix right now which is very interesting the end of the fucking world was weird but i watched it <laughs> did you watch that yet it's very odd. I can't watch all of it. It's a very odd show. The episodes are only about a half hour long. I, I'm going to watch The Ritual because everybody you has have told me. To every see even it, people dude. on the it's Facebook page so are like, you good. need to watch this. It's so good. All right. I'll check it out. I'll do it. I'll, so do, I'll watch it this week. I got to rewatch Blade Runner 2049. I got to fit that in somewhere as well. So anyways. All right. Uh, let's call it a show because we're, we're beginning to babble and um, I need to get some sleep. I'm not, I'm not even going to edit this tonight. Usually I stay up till like 4 o'clock in the morning editing the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to do that tonight. I'm just going to wrap mm-hmm. it up and go to bed. And by the time you guys will have heard this, I'll have gone to bed, slept, edited the show, gone to bed, slept again. And oh, depending on okay. when you're listening to it, I will probably have slept many times. If wow. you are listening to this show a few years after it has come out, we have slept many, many times. Are you done? No. Good. I'm done now. <laughs> now I'm done. I'm done now. Okay. So anyways, let's call this good. Uh, this is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. This is no, 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 no. Remember that Hummels are not just hot dogs. They're statuettes, too. And don't ever try to eat the statuettes. Uh, a what? A Hummel? Uh, Hummel. Hummel statuettes. Why the hell do you do this every goddamn episode? You close out with something retarded, and then I have because to figure I out can. what the hell you're talking about. What is a Hummel? You don't know what a Hummel statuette is? No, what is a Hummel? those crummy little dolls. Hold on a second. I thought that was a telescope up in space. No, no, not Hubble. Oh, my God. Hold on a second. I'm going to turn my camera on so you can see what a Hummel is. Yeah, this is going to be great for our listeners. That doesn't matter. Wow, you have small testicles. Oh, never mind. Lift it up. Okay, yeah. What? I've never seen one of those. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're not from around here. I don't know what the, is it. It's a doll, and it's, it's not, not made out doll. of hot dogs. It's no, it's not made out of hot dogs. It was made by. It's made in Germany, West Germany, and they're called Hummels. They're little. I guess they're porcelain. Yeah, they're porcelain. Bisque sometimes too. 
Dude, are you going to be an asshole your entire life? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace. I was born an original sinner. I was born from original sin. And if I had a dollar bill for all the things I've done, there'd be a mountain of money pile up to my chin. Hey! Told me strong She said be true to yourself And you can't go wrong But there's just one thing That you must understand You can fool with your brother But don't mess with a missionary man 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 Oh, a missionary There's also a person watching you're not going to have diarrhea any longer. 
you are not going to have diarrhea any longer. So I know that's a strange word, but that it just came out of my spirit. It's a lie of the devil. I shouldn't have said that. For miracles happen, gonna make a miracle happen. That's why I say a thousand dollars.